following audio is from Covenant Life Fellowship. For more information about our church and to stay up to date on all sermons, events, and news, please visit our website at www.clfroseburg.com. I'm not a person that normally gets up and speaks in front of people, um, but to my surprise, I've been excited um, excited to share with you my journey. Um, and several of you that know me um, know that I like to meet with people in a, I call my reading room. It's where my books are, and I have some comfy chairs in there, and I like to just visit with friends and family more one-on-one and in small groups. Um, however, I recognize that I need to share tonight and testify how good and faithful God has been to me through my battle with cancer and the ongoing battle with it. I was asked to share about peace and um being our Jesus, being our peace. But I thought as I was preparing, how do I communicate and define peace? And I, I've had a great concern that I don't want to come across as if there are just five steps of peace. So I hope that as I share my story with you and my testimony and the things that I've gone through these past three years, it's interesting that Denise mentioned um, COVID because that was it was during the beginning of that time. You will be encouraged to trust. I pray that you'll be encouraged to trust the Lord in wherever that you find yourself today. Although I've been nervous, it's been good for me to um, prepare for you because it's allowed me to reflect, sit in awe of God's promises and worship him about how faithful he's been in meeting me and in my illness and continues to. So my hope and prayer is that I can encourage you to lean into our Savior Jesus in times of hardship so that you may experience his comfort and his peace that only comes in a relationship with him. So before I go Any further, I just wanted to um, share a little background first that I believe is important first. Um, The Lord drew me to himself, and I responded to follow him as Jesus, my Savior, when I was just seven years old. So I don't know if everybody can see this. I brought this artwork with me tonight. Um, It was years ago at a conference, church conference, that I saw this, and it just really spoke to me. It was up on a wall. And every time I looked at it, I just really got emotional. I wasn't quite sure at that time why, but I do now. This artwork has reminded me that God drew me to himself and continues to promise he will never let me go. I know it's just a picture and just artwork, and I I want to reassure you, I don't believe there's any special power in this artwork. But it has been a great help to remind me of of God's promises that he's given me in his word. When often I wasn't able to focus very well, 
It reminded me of the joy that is found in him. And one day I will be with him forever. I have this in my in my book study, um, hanging up on a wall. It wasn't until I was married and a mother of two young children that God spoke to my heart about my need to repent, surrender to him fully, and follow him more seriously. I loved the Bible study fellowship that I was a part of, and I fell in love with God's word. A lot of sanctifying work has taken place over the years, a lot of story in between from seven years old. I'm not going to go into all that. As I have taken the time to gather my thoughts these past couple of months, I do see that the Lord has used physical illness in my life to get my attention over the years and draw me to himself and teach me to trust him. And there is purpose in the pain. As I mentioned, I was asked to share about Jesus being our peace and my peace. The world offers us many ways to peace, and I was trying to find affection, love, and peace from people in my younger years. All the different ways and beliefs in this world only last for a little while. I have come to learn and experience in a dark and hard place that true, eternal, and lasting peace is only found in a person, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, God's Son. He took our place and penalty that we deserved because of sin and gives us peace with God when we place our trust in him. I'm also going to be talking about a peace that comes from trusting God in hard times and learning to abide in him. I have found that God's word to be very comforting, and I need to be reminded over again where I need to find my hope and peace and who to turn to, especially when there have been days where I have <clears throat> haven't felt very good. And the pain tends to shout out loud to give it attention instead. So I turned to Jesus in the book of John, where I planted myself a lot. And Jesus was teaching and preparing his disciples for when he would leave them. He said in John 14:1, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In the same chapter, he proceeded to tell them that he had to go away because the Holy Spirit needs to come. And he's called our helper. John 14, 25 through 27 says, these things I have spoken to you. While I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And I love this part. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful or afraid. I needed to be reminded of what he said here. John 16:33 again says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation and you will have trouble. But take courage, I have overcome the world. Jesus is telling me I will have trouble. And there is a peace found only in him. And there is a kingdom that we can be a part of. And he invites us with him. 
I love these words of Jesus. He is still reminding me and us that he offers us something the world can't offer. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is given also to help endure during those tough times, during our trials, which is part of our sanctification and always leads us to a place of peace with him. For there is purpose in our pain. So it wasn't until my diagnosis of ovarian cancer three years ago that I was challenged again about who I would put my trust in and where I would find my peace through suffering and trials. At the front line of COVID, I found myself in great trouble in May of 2020. We found a large complicated tumor on my left ovary after a visit to the women's care in Eugene. I had laparoscopic surgery in June to remove the tumor and a total hysterectomy. The doctor came into the recovery room to tell me the tumor looked as if it was high-grade stage 3B in that world of ovarian cancer, and that I needed to start chemotherapy the following week because there were some cancer cells that had escaped in the removal of the tumor. The pathology report came back high grade 2B instead of 3, so I was hopeful. This diagnosis was two months after I helped my husband care for his mother, who passed away from lung cancer in our home while on hospice. To say the least, I was shocked and felt quite numb when the doctor told me of the news of cancer. We just said goodbye to my mother-in-law and was still grieving over her loss and it didn't seem real. We chose, though, to put the chemotherapy on hold. To be honest, I was quite afraid of it. I have heard of the side effects of the treatment and watched with my own eyes what it did to my mother-in-law months before. My doctor was not very happy with us and communicated his concern for me, but agreed to still care for me along the way. I found a support group online that educated me more about this type of cancer from other women in different stages where I could ask questions, and I learned of the seriousness of of the disease. The Lord was gracious to allow my body to heal from surgery for 11 months. I would often just listen to worship music to feel close to God. I remember one night crying out to him, so I'm going to be vulnerable here to you. (laughs) I cried out to him that I can't do this anymore and that I just wanted to go home to be with him. It was hard to manage the thoughts. The pain and the spiritual struggle was, was real, wondering what the outcome would be, especially since the doctor told me about the statistics of ovarian cancer. Questions were real to me about my future and possible death. Books that ministered to me, there were some books that ministered to me during this time um, of healing from the surgery. Um, Books about suffering from women that I soon learned went through so much more than me and still clung to Jesus in their dark and difficult times, but yet they were honest and real about the pain. They encouraged me to do the same with God. I brought some of these books. If anyone, just a little side note, if anyone would like to look at them later. Suffering is Never for Nothing by Elizabeth Elliot, which many of us know. 
of her. Um, in her foreword, Johnny Erickson Tata, another woman who has suffered much and still does today, wrote this that really speaks to me. Elizabeth Elliot knew that true maturity, joy, and contentment has less to do with a mechanistic assessment of God's plan and more to do with being pushed and at times shoved against the breast of your Savior. It's not a tidy, orderly list, but an earnest grappling with the angel of the Lord. As I have read this, it reminds me over again how God is after our hearts, after my heart, and wants me to know him in the depths of hardship, and he asks me to lean into him and abide in him as well. So right here, I just wanted to insert, and I want to acknowledge that I know many of you um, here have gone through great loss yourselves and pain and trials and suffering. You may be going through something hard right now. My heart does go out to you, and I trust and pray that the Lord will be very dear to you as well. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may, we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. After surgery, I saw my oncologist every three months at that point, and I had blood work done to check my cancer markers. When April came for my blood work and the numbers increased drastically from January, the doctor ordered a CT that showed cancer flakes in my stomach and pelvic area. I was moved to stage 3B at that point. (laughs) At my doctor's visit, he explained that treatment was necessary for me. I knew in my heart that I needed to surrender to the chemotherapy So April 28, 2021, I started my first treatment and continued every three weeks until August 25th. I accepted what was happening, and I had an unexpected peace about it in my heart. It's an inner peace. I have saved scriptures over the years that I have needed in different seasons of my life, and once again, I found myself needing God to remind me and reassure me that he would be with me. I chose to find scriptures to help my mind focus on what is true. We can find every answer we need in God's word. Here are a few that I focused on when I've been afraid. Isaiah 41.10 was really important to me, and it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Jesus is sitting next to the Father on his right. You can see that in Colossians 3.1 and Romans 8.34. This is a beautiful picture of God holding me and us in his righteous right hand where Jesus is. 
Isaiah 43, 2, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. I believe that God would be with me. Chemo was hard and challenging. However, God was so good by giving me the strength to endure the side effects from the treatments. When the chemo brain took place, and there is such a thing, (laughs) I often felt useless. I remember believing that life all around me was going on without me. The brain fog was real, and it affected my memory. Many days I struggled to read God's promises, but tried to just rest in him. There's a scripture in Psalms 1611 that jumped out at me during this time, my first, the first year, and I meditated on it a lot. <clears throat> it says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There it is again, his right hand. I keep running into that. I don't know about you, but I keep finding that. But it says, in his righteous right hand, in his righteous right hand. And that's where, that's where Jesus is. So he has us, and he's holding us. Isaiah 26.3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So we all felt the isolation from COVID, and so the effects from that was difficult because I was required to go to my treatment appointments by myself, even without my husband. He felt helpless, but was very attentive, supportive, and cared for me well. It was hard feeling isolated from everyone. My church family, which is you, was very important to me during this time. And my dear friends here at CLF supported and served me in various ways. Many of you brought meals, sent cards, gave gifts, visited me, prayed with me, for me, walked with me, sent scriptures, encouraging texts. My Friday friends and Tammy Rubel was a big support. Excuse me. (laughs) And Dolly even came to clean my house. I see that you were the hands and feet of Jesus, and he was glorified and is glorified. There are many, many people I could probably name. <laughs> Sometimes I stayed at home and participated in the worship service by streaming online, and other times I knew I needed to attend in person, even when I didn't feel like it. It always strengthened me and caused me to appreciate God's church family. I've had a lot of uncertainty, physical and spiritual challenges that I have battled with since my diagnosis and three, um, three years ago. It's been a process, but I have accepted what the Lord has allowed in my life, and I really do believe that that's a key, a big key to peace, the inner peace that he can give you. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says, So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light monetary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, 
for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. I had to keep this scripture before me and others in mind as, I hope I get my timetable right, as we here at CLF lost a couple of sisters in the Lord around this time. And even a friend of mine um, in our Marine Corps days lost her life from ovarian cancer, and that hit home for me. (laughs) In December of 2021, I started taking a maintenance drug in form of pills that I've taken every night. Its job is to keep the cancer cells from repairing themselves. I was eligible for this drug because I responded well to the frontline chemotherapy. The side effects have been challenging for me. The longer I've been on the drug, the side effects have gotten harder. I've learned to manage most of the time, and I'm really thankful that I've I pretty much have lived a normal life. It, it's been good. It has aged me, however, and slowed me down more than I would like. I've been asking the Lord in prayer, however, if I can stop taking the maintenance drug soon because my cancer markers have been good for two years. We wanted it to be clear when we went to the doctors exactly what he wanted, what God wanted. However, at the same time, I didn't want to take a risk. Um, If I need to stay on it, I would be okay with that too. Well, I have good news. Because last Friday at my three-month oncology appointment, my doctor said that I can stop taking the maintenance drug. (laughs) When asked if that means I am cancer-free, I was given a big yes. Um, Because while on the drug, you're still considered on treatment, and so you're not considered cancer-free if you're still being treated. Um, I will still need to get blood work done every three months instead of every month and see my doctor. If the numbers go up, I'm told I will need to go back on it, but I will choose to continue to trust God and his sovereignty. I don't want the cancer diagnosis to define me because I believe that I am a child of God. If I look too far ahead to my future, I can get anxious. Um, I'm not sure if I will have a reoccurrence. So I try to remind myself about what Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My sickness has caused me to depend on God more, and I'm grateful for that. I have become more interested in eternity and understand a little more that trials help me see what really matters. I have a desire to continue to serve him and others, too, that I know comes from him. Romans 8.18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. It also says in that same chapter that the Holy Spirit that lives in me intercedes for us, the saints, according to the will of God. Romans 8:28 through 29 says, We know that those that love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. 
For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. James 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kind, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let your steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James 1.12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Such good reminders for us. Another book that ministered to me is called The Scars That Have Shaped Me by Vanitha Risner. I don't know if many of you have heard of her. Um, I'm going through a Bible study of her slowly right now for just personal time. And it's about questions that we ask God in suffering, loss, and longing. In the beginning of our book study, the first question she presents is this. If God loves me, how could he let this happen? Vanitha starts with the story from John 11, 1 through 44, about the illness of Lazarus and his sisters Mary and Martha, whom he loved. They sent word and said, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. When Jesus heard he was ill, he actually stayed two more days. We know this story where Jesus does heal Lazarus from the dead. But what I want to point out to us that spoke to me about this is that the two sisters said to Jesus, If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. It also says he wept over the situation. He cared and loved them in the midst of their suffering and their loss. This account highlights the questions I asked and so many of us ask or wanted to ask, but most importantly, how Jesus responds Scripture mentions that Jesus had a close relationship with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And in this chapter, there's so many things that we could actually pull out that are pretty special. But I notice that Jesus is telling us in these verses that he is with us in our deep trouble. He's with us in our sicknesses, in our losses, in the things that the unexpected that happens. And he is grieving with us and me in our times of sorrow. And God wants to be glorified in it. For he is faithful, kind, and true to his word. Last summer, I went through a book. You see, I like books. (laughs) Last summer, I went through a book called A Steadfast Heart with some women here at CLF. It was really good timing. Um, It's about experiencing God's comfort in life's storms. After each chapter, the writer asks us to summarize what we learned, and we, we were planted in Psalms 57. So I'm going to share just one chapter um, that I, I wrote out and summarized. I've lived with many sorrows where God ordained for me to live. He helps me look upon the cross and find hope in him. 
I'm reminded of a steadfast love that endures forever, that intrigues me to hang on my faith and in my Savior. And he promises me a future and a tomorrow. So I know that I've said a lot (laughs) here. So I just want to summarize some main points, and then I'm just going to share some verses um, for a prayer, prayer for us. First, Jesus Christ gives me peace with God. Second, accepting what God has allowed in my life has given me peace, and I can be thankful. Three, understanding and believing what God says about trials and suffering. There is purpose in the pain. Four, this is not my home. Life here is not my home. But Jesus promises that he went to go and prepare a place. He's going to go prepare a place for each one of us. So I'm just going to share these verses. I just want it to be a prayer for all of us. And then I'm done. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. May the Lord be with you all. That's in 2 Thessalonians 3.16. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That's in Numbers 24.